like a ninja. Uh, it opens and closes on its way there. Hey, maniacs. Hey, you maniacs. Oh, you're all werewolfy already. <laughs> This is Mystery Maniacs. A comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Each week we dig into an episode of a show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week, Murdoch Mysteries, Werewolves, Season 2, Episode 12. Oh. I have a question that I'm going to ask now, and then we'll discuss at the end of the episode. Okay. Why is it called Werewolves, plural? Oh, Yes, we shall talk about that. Absolutely. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. Before we dive into this episode, uh, I would like to recommend Mrs. Sidhu on Acorn. It's fun. Mrs. Sidhu Investigates is the name of the show. I'm not going to say that it's all that original. No. It's not. It's kind of predictable. Yep. But if you like things that are a bit predictable and cozy and comfy and always wrap up with a happy ending with quirky characters, which you probably do if you're listening to this, yes. I think you'll like Mrs. Sidhu Investigates. She's Plus, fun. It, has, it just makes me want to eat Indian food all the time. Yeah. And you will want to punch her son in the first episode. He gets better. He does. Just saying. He's a little less punchable. I wanted to episode. really punch him in the first episode, yep. but maybe that's just because his behavior resonates with me personally right now. <laughs> I have children who sort of resemble his behavior, but not a husband. And I don't want to punch them. No, her husband's dead. No, so. no, no. But your husband doesn't do that behavior. No, gosh, no. I heard he's a great guy. The other thing is that we are posting some behind the scenes Halloween pictures Ooh. to the Instagram broadcast, broadcast channel. channel. Uh, if you haven't joined that, if you follow us on Instagram, we're Midsummer Maniacs on, yep. on Instagram. If you look at our profile, you'll see a link there to join the broadcast channel. It's free. It's just like a little back channel stuff. It's kind of where we post things that aren't specifically related to the podcast. Like, for instance, last week I posted how I had been attacked by yellow jackets. Yes. Oh, you poor thing. I was so scared for you. Oh, my god. But only gosh. a fraction as scared as you were. Yeah. That was really it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, during prep for the Halloween-ness of the yard, I accidentally... Uh, took the weed trimmer and ran it into a, gra- a nest of yellow jackets that swarmed me, causing me to... Including... Do a fancy dance. In- yeah, in- including getting under your glasses, making you fling your glasses about 30 feet. It took me two days to find them. Yeah, I was a little worried that I might not see again. But they didn't inject venom, so nope. they stung you, but they didn't sting sting you. Nope, nope. I'm all better But they're now. dead now. Oh, <laughs> boy, are they dead now. <laughs> There's no murder mystery involved. No, the exterminator no. came and wiped them out. Yes, it was genocide. <laughs> 180 episodes for us. This is our 180th episode. Full episodes? Yep. Awesome. And the 25th Murdoch episode. Great. We got one more in this season. You ready to talk about wolves? We're going to have to put a limit on the howling. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to. Uh, <laughs> originally air date April 21st, 2009, making it not a Halloween episode, but. It's a Halloween episode. It's a Halloween episode, and Murdoch leans far into the Halloween episodes in later seasons. 
Uh, directed by Kelly Macon and written by Paul Aitken. It starts with absolute horror movie tropes. No, no. Well, sort of. Back- my, my first note is it's the last Demon episode. Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. But backlit fog. Yep. Dark alleys. Yep. Doors that close behind you all by themselves. Night watchman with dogs. Yeah. We learn later that he's not a night He's watchman. a banker. But yeah. Yeah. Got big... Uh, Big dogs, big yep. fierce guard dogs. And so you know something bad is going to happen. Werewolf cam's going to happen. Yeah, he's not going to meet somebody who gives him some flowers. And then we, <laughs> yeah, no. That's not going to happen. And then we see the moon in a puddle. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's weird how that is related directly to the next scene. Mm-hmm. The next scene is with stupid Enid and her stupid child. <laughs> I'm going to call this the um, actually scene. Well, okay. (laughs) For most human beings who watch this scene and see Murdoch, they see him falter as a parent. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm like, Murdoch's doing the right thing for the child. (laughs) Yes, because Alwyn wants to know, are there men on the moon? No. And Murdoch says, well, actually, there's no oxygen there and living things need oxygen to live. But then along comes Julia. Along comes Julia. Julia. And her flash in the pan, Dandy Man. Yeah, who Reginald Poundset. Whatever. She's like, um, actually, we've discovered bacteria that doesn't need oxygen to live. Yeah. And then Reginald, in all of his wisdom, is like, so that means there are men on the moon and they're eating green cheese and they've got laser guns and they're inventing time machines and all kinds of crazy stuff. Right, Alan? And Alan's like, yeah. And Murdoch's like, well, no. I, well, actually, that's not true. No, no. So why? And that's you, why Reginald is no good. <laughs> where do you think the green cheese and the moon thing came from? I don't know, because the moon is not green. The first part of it. Now, I can see the cheesy part, because it does look like it has holes. So maybe like a Swiss cheese thing. So it comes from a fable. Okay. Where a fox sees a moon in a puddle. Ah. And tries to eat it because he thinks it's cheese. Like Narcissus, does he drown? No. Oh. No, but but it it there is a I didn't read the whole fable, but Well, that, foxes are always dumb in fables, yeah, right? Yeah. So he ends up biting water. Yeah. He bites the it's the idea that you're seeing something as a reflection and not its reality. If only he had turned around and bit the actual moon, he would have got some cheese. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. And <laughs> and actually and mm, actually uh, in at this point in time it's mostly referred to as a like you would believe that the ma- the moon is made of cheese like it's it's a known hoax that you believe in okay so but why cheese I, I of all things like it's clearly a rock why cheese it looks like cheese if you look at it in a puddle and you have Wolf fox eyes, eyes. <laughs> fox eyes i guess i guess then enid and murdoch sit on what i refer to in my notes as the awkward bench it's in front of her house on the street yeah like, why doesn't she have a, a seating area on her little porch? Now, like, up off the street. We sit on the sidewalk out in public. I've criticized Enid. <laughs> you have? But she is absolutely valid and in her rights here to say, hey, are we a thing or not? Except she's a psycho. Okay. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, I put my head on your shoulder. Then suddenly look up at you and go, 
do you have feelings for Julia? And she turns his head. Like if he says yes, she's going to snap his neck. Every time she touches him, I just cringe. It's because you love Murdoch and you don't want her hands on him. It's a tense, emotional scene. What do we need to end it? Would it bother you if it was? Murdoch, Murdoch, you're needed. What What we need to resolve that tension is Henry, who is actually the best tracker in the universe because he can find Murdoch wherever he is. <laughs> finds Murdoch. He's way better than Jimmy. He finds Murdoch wherever he Henry is. Henry should be on missing persons because he could find anybody anywhere. He finds <laughs> Julia out on her walk too, and they're going to the theater or something. Yeah. And he finds her because she's there before Murdoch is. Where's Murdoch? I sense he's on... <laughs> The uncomfortable couch. The awkward bench. The awkward bench. (laughs) Because Merrill Hardy, banker, VP of Dominion Bank, has had his throat torn out. When the dogs go in to the dark doorway and you hear them howl and yip, did you expect to see one of them come flying out? No. Like a dead dog come flying out? No, I didn't. It's just me. Okay. That's what's supposed to happen. There's supposed to be a big fight. And stars and dirt fly around in a circle, and then one of the dogs flies out. This episode kills off two dogs, and you don't feel overly upset. No, because they're we it, don't know it, those dogs. The, the, and the there's dir- a dead man there, too. The directing so. of this episode is so good. Yeah. They do a really good job. Because I don't know about you. Because you could have screwed that up yeah. way bad. I usually feel worse if an animal is killed in a show yeah, than if usually. a person is killed in a show. <laughs> yeah. Even though I know they're both fake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know you slaughtered five people, but then you killed their dog. You're bad. Absolutely. How dare you? Yep. What did that dog ever do to you? His throat is torn open. Could it be a dog? No, his dogs are dead. Could it be a bear? <laughs> no, they scratch. Zombie dog? Mm, no. No. Wolf in a modern city. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, I don't think a wolf would go for your throat first. I think it would go for your leg and pull you down. Yeah. And then and your arms. Would, and then it would go for your throat. Yeah. There'd be other marks. Headline on the newspaper the next day, Wolf Mutilates Banker. <laughs> He's not the Wolf of Wall Street anymore. No. Or maybe that's what they oh, should have called. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wow. Killed by Wolf of Derelict Foundry? Maybe. Mayor uh, instructs police to capture animal dead or alive. Constables comb entire city. Desperate hunt for wolf killer. Authorities appeal for public calm. Well, the mayor's not going to say, eh, it's probably gone now. Two columns over and one column down. It says the junction is in trouble. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's a headline. The junction is in trouble. It's too hard to read the words. Well, what we need to find this wolf is not constables combing the city. We need a tracker. Yes, but Brother Grimm is mentioned before this. The Brothers Grimm, yeah. Yeah. Do you know when that is? Many, many years before this. Surprisingly not. Oh. The first version of Brothers Grimm was published in 1812. Yeah, that's 80 years before this. One of the Brothers Grimm is almost alive when this happens. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they got started pretty young. I thought they were like 17th century. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they... Haven't you seen the movie where they're action heroes? Come on. Sorry. Jeez. There's that. You're so off. 
We need a tractor. Mm-hmm. And we get Jimmy McLeod. Who's great. He is fantastic, and Crabtree is great with him. If this show was the Jimmy and Crabtree show, I'd be okay. He's played by Nathaniel Arkand, who's been in lots of things now. This is, is one of his first roles. Yeah. But he is a very well-established actor, especially in Canada now. Uh, but, he was on Due South, which we will talk yeah. more about next week. Yeah. So he, he works in the stables. Yes. But he's a tracker by yes. training. Right. And his grandfather trained him to be a tracker. And I, I like that he's not perfect. I like that he doesn't just go to the scene and go, oh, he went this way. I can just tell. Like he says, there, there aren't any tracks here or yeah. the water messed this scene up. I can't find him here. You know, like it's realistic, I think, with yeah. what you could find. I, it's as good of a portrayal of a First Nations person 15 years ago as I've seen. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't have a feather on his hat. No. He doesn't talk like an like a Native American in a cowboy no. movie does. He doesn't no. say me track wolf or something. No, he's excellent. There's an interview with the widow, which is like just exposition. <laughs> oh, poor Mrs. Hardy. She doesn't know why he had a gun. She doesn't know why he went out. She doesn't know what he was worried about. Murdoch says, well, did he keep a diary? You know, wouldn't it be convenient if everybody kept a diary? Murders would be solved so much quicker. I feel this person is about to kill me. Their address is... <laughs> Dear diary, the bank is doing well. My wife is so lovely. There's a werewolf stalking me. Here's a recipe for some lovely scones. <laughs> you know, <Exactly>. like... <laughs> What does he expect to find? Appointment with a werewolf. <laughs> Probably dead tonight. Werewolf phone wants appointment. What's that about? <laughs> Telegraph from werewolf. His name's Jake. Jake the werewolf. Okay. Uh, then we get our first mention of residential schools while Crabtree and Jimmy are doing really good investigative work here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that we're recording today because it's September 30th when we're recording. And this is, in Canada, what's called Orange Shirt Day. Which is Truth and Reconciliation Day? Yep. Is that uh, just about residential schools or is it about lots of First Nations? It is about residential schools in one simple action. By wearing an orange shirt, you're acknowledging the pains of residential school, which contributed uh, while contributing to create a future where Indigenous communities are included and honored. If you don't know, residential schools were very bad. They were horrendous. Recently, we've had a lot of news about discoveries at old residential schools. Yeah. Dead kids that were... Jimmy is lucky That died and were yep. buried and no one ever heard from them again and didn't know what happened to them and just awful stuff. We don't need to dwell on it, but just know it's really important and you should know about it. It's, it is done really well here. Yeah. You could tell Jimmy did not like being there. Nope. He gets out that he was taken there. Yep. And he... His, and that he was beaten. He, he was beaten. And his reference to religion later on mm -hmm. is perfectly delivered. Yeah. Because it's like, this is what I was told to say. Yeah. To survive at school. Yeah. Look into it, people. Yeah. We should all know about it. Absolutely. There's a drunk dude asleep in the woods whose name is Old Dave. Yes. <laughs> we know that because of the credits. His name is Old Dave. Yep. And Old Dave got the bejesus scared out of him. He's not dangerous, but he's asleep. <laughs> like, all he did was sneak in there to find his friend's booze and have a little tip ball, 
and got the bejesus scared out of him and yeah. had to run away because he thought he was going to get killed by a wolf who wears shoes. Yeah. So it just adds to the mystery of what's going on. When we go back to Murdoch, did you notice he's like Mr. Cy McSyerson? Mm -hmm. He's like, <sighs> oh, but Mark, he's so conflicted. <sighs> yes, there's a murder and a werewolf, but Enid, Julia, Julia, Enid. You know, <sighs> there's a cure for that, and it's Ponzi shooting parties. <laughs> that, those guys in their tweeds. What, what are the, they're right outside of the city, right? If so, not in town. Yeah. Shooting so skeet. In these early first couple of seasons of Murdoch, the rich people are horrendous. Yeah. Like they are cruel and mean. And that's a lot closer to the books, mm -hmm. right? Later on, the rich become buffoons. Yeah. Like several of the characters involve themselves with rich people on a regular basis and they are shown as buffoons mm -hmm. and but in these early seasons they're cruel yeah the more money you have the meaner you are and the yeah. more like ah removed from reality you are yeah absolutely like standing on the porch shooting skeet in the middle of the city while and wearing tweeds they're they're pretending basically and dismissive of Murdoch right away. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, he would have had to come in through the tradesmen's entrance. I'm Absolutely. surprised they let him go into the club. Yeah. No matter if he has a nice hat or not, they're just bad dudes. Yeah. You're like, huh? I was at my club. I I could not have possibly oh, done anything. Blah, blah. And I, you know, gun culture is gun culture. But I, I'm nervous for Murdoch because he's confronting a rich guy who's got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be too pushy there. It might just turn around and threaten you with it. Never mind how he handles Hardy's gun. Like, oh, it's yeah. loaded. It's loaded. Look, it's loaded. The, I'm just playing. It's loaded. Guns didn't have safeties back then. The gun safety. Look, in that everybody, part look. Was spin upsetting it. To spin me. the chamber. Yeah. Look, bullets loaded. Like, yeah. stop it. <laughs> yeah. Take the bullets out. Yeah. Put it down. Yes. But Crabtree's got this all figured out. Mm -hmm. This is the act of a werewolf. 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 Which, of course, Crabtree would know all about <laughs> because he loves that stuff. But Jimmy says, Wendigo. Wendigo, absolutely. And and Murdoch's solution is furries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, First let's separate. furry reference on Murdoch. <laughs> he doesn't say furry. Let's separate that. You're getting dangerous. <laughs> People with lycanthropy are not furries. No, but people who dress up and act like animals, which is exactly what Murdoch says, are furries. Or people's who people whose beliefs relate to having spirit animals. Yes. Like the shaman. Yes. Or furries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not usually realistic wolves with big bloody teeth. No. They're, they're usually like, pink or blue. They're fuzzy and yeah. friendly looking. Yes. Yes. I would have loved if they had introduced somebody, like if George had shown up wearing a wolf furry costume that had a police uniform on and said, I think I can lure it out. You know, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh, welcome to my image search for the next week. Who did you not know was in this episode and are super pleased that is in this episode? Dr. Roberts. Yeah. You like him? I always love him. I think he always looks 
kind of sinister. I think it's his eyebrows. He's got sinister eyebrows. <laughs> and as rich people are portrayed as being not so great, early medical professionals are usually portrayed as being not so great because they're wealthy and treat poor people. Yep. Usually not but very But he's nicely. pretty good. But he's all right. He's pretty. Antonio Leger. Mm, not, not a real Not thing. a real person. Made up. Not a real lycanthrope. No. Nice bit of uh, writing here. I've never ridden in a carriage before. And Crabtree, who did not grow up wealthy and no. is not a privileged person himself, makes very little money, is still kind of like, what? Really? Well, there. Like, there is a big gap. Yep. Between the way they live and Crabtree, I don't think appreciates it until that point. Yeah, I think so. Because he just sees Jimmy as an equal. He doesn't realize how, how different their lives are. You get the beat the Indian out of me line here, which seems brutal, but is, it's accurate. It is minuscule compared to what actually happened. Yeah. Jimmy wanted to be a policeman and he couldn't. Yep. So many people say, I can't, I couldn't change the world. I can't change the world. Like, yeah, yeah but. You can. Yeah. You can. Yep. Julia's a doctor. Yep. Speaking of Julia, it's no longer the morgue of flirting. It's the morgue of it's complicated. And I have some place to be. Yes. I have an awkward date to go to. So do I. Me. <laughs> I, have Me? A, I have a note that says, I have a date too. Yes. <laughs> oh, and by the way, other people have been killed like this with their thrown, throats torn out. Here's some notes. Anyway, bye. Let me put my hat on. <laughs> Sharpened <laughs> fingernails? What what are they putting in people's fingernails here? Yeah, well, it gives Julia a reason to hold Murdoch's hand. Yes. And stroke his thumb. The wound is symmetrical. <laughs> to point out that he has a thumb. The whole, when we get to who the killer is and why he kills, which I like, but the apparatus and some other parts of it are problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some issues there. What happens to a werewolf's clothes? See, these are good questions that Jimmy asks. And Crabtree's like, same. Uh, yeah. I want to know that too. They, we have so much in common. It's like we're both regular people who should be treated like regular people. Hmm. What, but what do you think happens to a werewolf's clothes? Well, okay. I would say, because I'm a believer in the werewolf turning into the, the not the Lon Chaney wolf man. Mm-hmm. But the a wolf, 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 I am of the belief that his clothes go away, are ripped like in American Werewolf in London. Oh, okay. And that's in American Werewolf in London. He wakes up naked in the zoo. Yeah, and his clothes are shredded when he changes. Yeah. So he can't put them back on if you yeah. can find them. It's like the Hulk. The Hulk should be naked. I think I like the Terry Pratchett Discworld explanation of werewolves better. Like, you know you're going to change, so you take your clothes off, fold them, hide them, change, and then after you're done with your wolf stuff, you go back, change back to a human, put your clothes back on. See, that that is what happens in the more modern take on werewolves that we've seen in things like Buffy, and there's been another couple of shows, where they know when they're going to change. Mm -hmm. They confine themselves during that change. And are unclothed during yeah. that period. Yeah. Naked wolf people. Naked wolf people. <laughs> so all they had to that, do. That's the longest discussion was I've had about werewolf clothing. <laughs> so all they have to do is just find the clothes and they know the werewolf is going to come back to them and they just wait. Yeah. And then the next naked person they see must be the werewolf. That's Easy. Solve it. The That's it. 
the the sewer set is really good. That's no sewer. Oh no, it's no sewer. But the set itself is creepy and good. Yeah, I wonder where that is. I it, don't know. It's clearly like a like an underground storage area, catacomb. Well, even cities as new as Toronto probably have, or maybe Quebec have areas like that underneath buildings. Yeah, there's. Like, and there's some of those that are related to train tunnels. Like yeah. They're, they go into train tunnels. Yeah, they there's, run parallel yeah, or things like that. For people to get around and do maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. It looks very Victorian, London, Jack it, the Ripper. It looks fantastic <laughs> in those catacombs. And it's so drippy. It's Everything all is so drippy. <laughs> and there's, it's dark and they've got, like, it's straight out of Hammer. Yeah. That, those scenes, I love them, which is why I say this is a Halloween episode. Like, but, clearly, they had, they had that in mind doing those scenes. Is there a limit on how many lanterns you can have? No. At this time? Also, <laughs> those lanterns are clear. The, the, sorry. The lantern. Yes. <laughs> is clearly an electric light. But you know what? If you and I are going down into some kind of sewery catacomby area, we are both taking a light with us. I, we're not am having, I not taking a torch? No, no. We're not taking one and sharing it. We both have one. Well, let's split up, but we only have one lantern. The, the best thing about these scenes is they have common sense. They say, maybe we should turn around now and go for help. Yeah. Not... Just one step further. No. Just around one more bend. No. Jimmy and Crabtree are perfect in this episode. They're a good team. They're like, wait a minute. This is stupid. Let's turn around. Go get reinforcements. Yep. Let's not do that. Yep. Meanwhile, back on the awkward bench. No, they do it in the park. Murdoch says, I have to admit, I like Julia. I have in my notes, dump, dump, dump. (laughs) Dumper, 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 dumper. And Enid's right. If you have a kid, you have to think of the kid. You have to be thinking. You have to. Murdoch got dumped for a child. (laughs) (laughs) Who broke up with whom? I think she broke up with him. Yeah, because he said he's willing to to try. Yeah. Right? For you, I would try to put Julia out of my mind. (laughs) That's not. That is a red flag. (laughs) Yeah. I'll try. I'll see her every day. Yeah. And it'll be hard. But I'll try. Yoda's in the background. Uh No, no. There's no trying, dude. There is no try. (laughs) That, I I don't blame Enid Enid at all for saying, you know what? That's not good enough. Like like I said, I've been hard on Enid, but she has every valid reason to dump him here. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad he's honest. Yeah. Do you think he's actually threatened by Reginald or the idea of Reginald that Julia is seeing other people? Is that what makes him hesitant? Like, she's moved on, so I have to move on. He's always a jelly belly. Like, he's always jealous of her Mm. for the next 15 seasons. (laughs) So I think he has, he's not toxically jealous, but... But I think he immediately doesn't like somebody else with her. But none of this would happen if they hadn't run into them in the park. If he hadn't seen Julia and Reginald. I don't think so. He would have fought his feelings a little bit longer. Yeah. And maybe just daydreamed about kissing her every other time he sees her. (laughs) Awkward. Don't mind me. I'm just standing here licking my lips, making kissing sounds. I, I was just deep in thought. Sorry. 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 I was distracted. William. Summers is dead. Crabtree sticks up for Jimmy here. Yeah. Oh, yes. And Brad can read. I can't change the world. 
The newer Bracken Reed would say, I understand, but I can't change the world. Yeah. He's a little better now. But but he gives Jimmy all kinds of credit. He does. He praises Jimmy for doing a great job. Yeah. He doesn't treat him like other people would treat him. No. Like the people who don't think he deserves to be in the police. He just knows that if he tried to make him a policeman, that other people would stop him. Yeah. They're all toffs under a full moon. Well, best we get our toffs inside during full moons then. <laughs> Better go find Summers because he may be next. Yeah. Summers is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Summers is dead after shooting a shotgun through his own office door. Yeah. You not think somebody would have heard that? I I would think so. Maybe that's why the lights aren't working. because He shot shot him out. He shot the, the light switch. If not, Billy the Killer Shaman is also an electrician. He took the trip the breaker or something. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> he's a talented dude for a killer. He is a talented. He's, he's got multiple skill sets. Dude for a killer. So all five of the victims were on that shooting party. In Muskoka. Is Muskoka a real place? Yes, it is. Is Muskoka Lodge a real place? Uh, I would assume there's probably several Muskoka Lodges. Okay. It is commonly referred to now as cottage country. Oh, where everybody goes to spend their bank holidays in their yep, summers. In their summers. How far away is it from Toronto? An hour and a half. Oh, that's so far. Well, yeah. Really, you're in the middle of nowhere at that point. <laughs> well, in 1896, well, if you walk a block outside of Toronto, you're in the middle of nowhere. So the joke is, for those of you from America who don't know, in Canada, first of all, 80% of the population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. border. Yeah. Right? So it's concentrated around the southern border. Yeah. Second, because it's so freaking cold. Yeah. <laughs> and desolate. The other thing is, when you're out of that zone, it is desolate, empty wilderness. Nowhereville. It is Population you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a bear. <laughs> my my brother has to drive from, from our where my mother lives to where he lives. It's 15 hours, and sometimes he sees people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's because he's on the national highway. Yeah. Like, you look for the nearest Tim Horton sign and know that there might be a person there. And that's and the, there are the lots of communities in Canada that you get to by flying. Mm-hmm. That's still, how you get today, that. Today, oh, there still are. Tons of them. But Muskoka is not like that. It's no, not no. that far out. No, no. Muskoka is now where you go for your May 2-4 and have lots of fun. Because you can drive there and drive back. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Super easy. Well, Julia finds a tooth. Yes, but it's been drilled through. This wolf has had some dental work. He needed a filling or something. I'm sorry. I was thinking about kissing you. <laughs> It's so awkward. My note is, my mind was in your pants. <laughs> I want to see what it looks like to Julia. Yeah. Right? Because we go into Murdoch's mind, but, but Julia's standing there with a tooth, and Murdoch is just like, Julia's like, hello, Earth to Murdoch. What are you doing? Oh, never mind. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. So now we have another scene with Edith. The awkward bench. The awkward bench. It's super awkward now. 
Because this is it. I was hoping you'd come through a different decision, dude. It's best you go. And I'm, in my notes, I'm like, is this it? The end? Finally? What else could there be? Nothing, Murdoch. Get up and leave. What did she think he was going to do? Go away and go, Julia's gross. I hate Julia. I hate Julia. She's nasty. She's gross. I don't like her. Okay, now I can be with Enid. If, if you are committed... I'm going to snap this rubber being... band on my wrist every time I think about kissing well, Julia. Okay. <laughs> People are in control of himself, especially Murdoch. If he is committed to be with Enid, he says, I am committed to be with you. I want to be with you. But he doesn't. I want. That's it. If he did, he would say these things. Yes. And not say anything about Julia. Nope. And she would feel better. Yes. But he's not. But he has to tell the truth. Yes. This is why the stupid green cheese scene is in here. Because he has to tell the truth compulsively. He has, he has to tell the truth compulsively. But I'm glad he does. Yep. Because if he strung Enid along, oh, we'd I have know. to see her more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about her feelings. <laughs> I just don't want her in the episodes yes. anymore. So now he has to like go after Reginald and knock him off, you know, because Julia's got, you know, he's got competition. Yeah. Right? So is that what he's going to go do? No. No, no. no. He's going to go find Mr. Jensen. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy who kind of organized the hunting trip? He By the way, has lost his mind. There are a lot of hunting trips. There are millions of hunting trips that go on every year without incident. But yes. boy, none of those happen in detective shows. No. Every time there's a hunting party, something goes wrong. It's men going away together and doing things that no one will know about except the people on the trip. Yeah. And. Sometimes that ends badly. Yes. Like when you kill your guide and don't kill your guide and leave him to die. Yes. That's one of those bad things that rich asshole guys would do, unfortunately. They find Jensen shooting his empty gun. Mm -hmm. Like a scared baby. Yes. Baby. It jumped out the window. That's a good scene. It's terrifying. Yeah. We... We, of course, know what's going on. He gains his composure seen, a little quickly, I think. We, we've seen this a million times, but but I remember the first time going, it better not be Jimmy. <laughs> could it be Jimmy? It could be. Yeah, theoretically. Yep. You never that. see the wolf and Jimmy at the same time before this. Yeah. It could be Jimmy, but it's not Jimmy. But it's not Jimmy. But I kind of like seeing Jensen so scared. He deserves it. This episode has a lot of sets in it. Yeah, it does. But the way he talks about the guide when they shot him. Yeah. He wasn't dead. Yeah. Oh, but he was going to die. So we just buried him under some sticks. Yeah. That poor man. Yeah. Mortally wounded and you just put some sticks over him and left him? Yeah. Let's just go have a beer. Like, I hope that put a damper on their trip. I hope Hardy came back kind of bummed out arguing with his wife. Don't get on my case. We buried somebody alive. I don't want to talk about it. So this leads me to the question I asked you at the top of the episode. Werewolves. Why is it werewolves? Because who are the werewolves? I believe they are the werewolves. The hunters. The hunters are the werewolves. They They are the monsters. They wound somebody and leave him Mm -hmm. for dead, and he is transformed. Yep. So. And then they change back too, right? They change from being monsters to just rich assholes. Yep. I, I think that's why it's called werewolves, and I think that's really well done. I think so, too. What I don't think is very well done is that Toronto sewer map. Yeah, 
That's not a Toronto sewer map. <laughs> it's a street map. It's a street map. Because if that's all the sewers, like, and they're all like straight like that, like a grid like that, mm, I don't think it's going to work very well. No. I looked up a London sewer map from yeah. the same time. Yeah. And it's crazy, wacky, spider webby. Yeah, it needs to be. Well, you've got all of these like smaller tributaries that go into neighborhoods leading back to these big like trunk lines of the sewer. That's how they have to be designed. This one is like a bunch of right angles. Like they have stoplights down there yeah. or something like, okay, here the sewage takes a right turn. <laughs> sewage can't turn right. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have blinkers. It doesn't care about traffic signals. It and can't, like, you can't just put it wherever there's a street. And like, even these people would know you can't dump everything into Lake Ontario right at Front Street. No. Like, you they got, did, you though, got to they? move it down. <laughs> yeah. Down into the Rouge Valley. A Downstream little a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it makes the later scene that happens at the beach very different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's swimming in the lake if that's what's happening. So, so they find... Is this... The bear trap. Yeah. So is this the first sequential killer on Murdoch? Because he's a serial killer. Yeah, I guess so. He's killed five men. I think he's a spree killer. Yeah. Not a serial killer. Because he, he's definitely like picking people off a list one at a time yep. in order. Like it's a long spree that he's on. Is that but before he, or after he went to engineering school to learn how to make that trap thing? Well, he's a guide. He's a hunter. He knows about bear traps. All okay. he has to do is attach teeth to it. And wouldn't they have noticed him in the telegraph office? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he wore his wolf outfit when he went into the telegraph Your office. Your face is half blown off and you're in a wolf outfit. He was shot in the chest. Are you a furry? <laughs> I just want him to go in with the bear trap on his hand and use it to talk. <laughs> I would like to send a telegram. Jake S. Yes. <laughs> Meet me at the old factory. <laughs> they can't see me doing this puppet motion with my hand. I can't. You can do it at home, though. <laughs> Put your hand up and do a puppet yes. motion. Yes. <laughs> I am a bear trap with teeth. It's impressive engineering. It's impractical as a weapon. Yes. So you have to... Crank it open, which is not easy to no. do because they're spring-loaded. They yep. want to be closed, right? Yep. So you have to spring it open and then put the pin in it to keep it open. Run at somebody, ah, holding it out in front of you, and then put it on their neck and pull the pin out and smack. Yep. It bites them. I don't think that would work. Yep. And then, Or and maybe, oh no, wait, maybe it's on a chain. And he and throws he, it? Yeah. Ooh. And he throws it, and when it reaches the end of the chain, it snaps shut. Oh, he could do it maybe, from a distance. Maybe? Like a ninja. Uh, it opens and closes on its way there. <laughs> no? Again, so? a great bit of writing. He was a shaman, but the missionaries put an end to shamans. And it's sad. And he has to be a guide. Yeah. Like, Which is a fallen stature for sure. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's treated like crap as a guide. Yep. He has to do everything for these Ponzi idiots. They still got his outfit. So they find the bedding that it's warm and they are confronted by this individual. It's sad. Yeah. And I feel bad for Brackenreed too, because he has to shoot him. He has no yeah. choice. No. Brackenreed and Brackenreed is good and upset about it. This too. is the old suicide by cop trope, yep. right? But it's sad. Yeah. It's absolutely sad, and and he is upset by it, and 
when Dr. Robert gives him his card, he says, oh, and then he takes the card. Mm -hmm. I I think, again, there's so much good stuff there. Yeah, because this would have been long before they offered counseling to policemen. Yeah, trauma. A couple of whiskeys will do it. Yeah. Just shape up. Be a man. Yes. I love that Crabtree tells Jimmy to go join the Pinkertons. Yes. Because the Pinkertons did take First Nations people. Because they were smart. Well, and part of what the Pinkertons did was undercover work. Yep. And so they needed people who could blend in. And yeah, there are going to be First Nations peoples in those communities. That makes sense. So I was And Jimmy's good, so... Yeah. I was actually surprised by how quickly after this, there was a constable that was in First Nations. How long? When, it, when did it happen? His name is Alex Dakodu. He's a Métis, which means his uh, mother was Cree and his father was European. So he's of mixed heritage, mm-hmm. right? Grew up, went to a residential school a whole bit. 1909, he joined the Edmonton. City police as a constable. 1909? Yeah. So this is like less than a decade later. And by 1914, he was running his own station. That's awesome. Yeah. He was a sergeant by 1914. Then before that, in 1912, he went to the Olympics in Sweden and represented Canada. In what sport? 5,000 meter running. Wow. He finished second in his qualifying heat, but he got cramps and didn't finish the. Hey, I'm impressed with anybody who can run that far. Yeah. (laughs) I can't run that far. (laughs) Then, okay. So, like, you're like, this guy's a great guy already. Absolutely think that. Well, no, he signed up for the First World War, joined a battalion of sportsmen, and unfortunately met his end uh, via a sniper at. Uh, Passchendaele. And he would have been a volunteer. Yep. Right? They're, they weren't drafting people for World War One in Canada. Yep. So That's ni- amazing. 1917. He has a park named after him in Edmonton and a street. Absolutely fantastic, interesting guy. Can we talk about Jules Verne now? Can we talk about why are we still dealing with Enid crap? <laughs> <laughs> Murdoch takes Alwyn a book. Alwyn's like, I don't even know where my mom is. I can't read. I don't care. <laughs> She's out with what's his name. Yeah. <laughs> she went back to her floozy job now that you're not going to be my money daddy anymore. <laughs> She's got to pay for that house somehow. And both Sarah she doesn't and I, have a regular job. We are such maniacs <laughs> because the thing Sarah said, I did this thing. I said, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> Which was figure out if Alan... Alwyn would have been alive when man landed on the moon. Yeah, because I think he's maybe seven. Yeah. You thought maybe he was older. Maybe a little older. If he's seven in 1896, he would have been 80 in 1969. He very well could have lived to see man land on the moon. The book, though, that Murdoch gives him absolutely cracked me up. So it's the Jules Verne book. It's the Jules Verne from the Earth to the Moon. But do you know the plot of that book? Okay, so... Because it kind of mirrors some things in the episode in a funny way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. A group of scientists who who are like academics, like magicians. That's how they are in the movie. Oh, not in the book. They're gun club members. Oh, I didn't know that. Because what they do. They make a big bullet. They decide to build a big gun. They make a big gun and they shoot it at the moon. The president of the gun club's name is Impy Barbican. Well, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Actually, to get into space, you have to like go to terminal. <laughs> Alwyn is like, I thought my mom dumped you. <laughs> You're so boring. Impy Barbican is one of the best names. It's almost as good as the name of that guy in the Sheamus McSheamus or yeah. whatever it was. In the Robot in yes. the West book. Yes. Yeah. He So he proposes, this is the from the Earth to the Moon. Impy proposes that the gun club build a big gun big enough to launch a rocket to the moon. But when their adversaries place a wager on whether they'll be successful or not, they decide not just to build a big gun to get to the moon, but to make it a manned flight. Uh, And the adventure begins. Yes, But yes, it's a gun club that decides to build a giant gun Big enough to fire something at the moon. Do yourself a favor. How did they think this dude was going to get back? If it takes a big gun to shoot you to the moon, it's going to take a big gun to shoot you back. I'm not going to spoil it because I'm going to tell people to go watch From the Earth to the Moon because them getting back is interesting. What year was that movie made? Uh, Like, is it a 70s movie? Is it an old black and white movie? Oh, it's... The Melier Brothers. It's one of the first movies ever made. Oh, okay, okay. So it's it's an old movie. It's a silent movie. You know the moon that gets the rocket yeah. stuck in its face? It's from that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that explains part of it. The moon is a man in that. <laughs> so he probably just throws him back. You just shot me in the face with a giant bullet. I'm not going to be happy with you if I'm the moon. You don't have to look up the year. It's okay. Now we now that we know that it's an old black and white movie, that's all we need to know. 1902. Because La there are, Voyage dans la Lune. Because there are movies made of Jules Verne books more recently than that. Yes. So It was one of the first, though. But I was like yeah. wondering. Enid's gone. Enid is gone. We have one more episode of this season, and it is a doozy. We get to meet Murdoch's brother. We get to meet Murdoch's brother. Who's a Mountie. Anything you can do. I I can can do do better. Do you know where that's from? It's a song. Yes. Mm -hmm. From Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah. Yep. So Ethel Merman is famous for singing it because she made that role very famous on Broadway. I used to sing it to my sister just to make her uncomfortable. As you should. (laughs) That will come out on the 9th of October. This week, we'll also have a newsletter come out on Wednesday. Yeah. And then, and the newsletter will have Halloween pictures in it too. But in the meantime, jump on Instagram, hop in the the alley, which is our broadcast channel. It's the only place to get pictures that I've posted publicly, including. Mark sitting in a giant straw throne. Yes. If you haven't posted that one, you have to now. See how I called you out? Yep. (laughs) Uh, And then we're taking the 16th off because Mm -hmm. I will be in Canada not watching the new Murdochs. No. Or hockey. But I will... Maybe get to see my nephew wrestle. So not not school wrestle. No, no. Not rules wrestle. No, no. Wrestle. Wrestle. Like <laughs> jumping off the ropes, wrestle. Yep. Go uh, Charlie. Go Chuck. October 23rd will be the Father Brown season one, episode one, Hammer of God remix. Wicka, 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 wicka. And then, of course, October 30th, we'll be off because it's Halloween and we're incredibly busy oh. and insane. And ow. And then we'll continue Father Brown after that in November. Yes. My gosh, November seems so far away and October starts in hours. Yes. So until then, be sure to 
write in your diary about anybody who you think might be trying to kill you. Yes. That's important. Yes. Or, and any good scone recipes you find. If you have a, a bench of uncomfortable breakups out in front of your house, maybe. Move it. Put a plaque there. Give it to a neighbor. What's somebody else say? I don't know where my mom is here. What is? Why are you here? <laughs> She's somewhere on the awkward bench. <laughs> All right. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. French bread pizza. Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen. That's, right. That's who I was thinking yeah. of.